Hey everyone, welcome to the Gatekeepers Podcast. In this episode, the Jamie Prisons share their stories of revival in their high school years. If you want to know more about Gatekeepers, visit gatecityatl.com slash gatekeepers. Enjoy. been a minute uh we uh, uh jamie and i were the we were well, we were on staff here from uh 1970s that seems like when we we are bell bottoms uh she, my wife's been on staff she was she was one of the original uh members here it was the ihop at international house of prayer and i came about a year or two later um and we were on staff and then in 2012 the lord transitioned us to take over the young adult ministry it was called forerunner church and we did that for i think seven years is that right Something like that, give or take. Five, about five. Five. I thought it was seven. It felt like a long time. Um, Becca's saying eight. Was it eight? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a minute, and so eight years. And then, uh, the, of course, the churches emerged, and then uh, you know, the Casey came in, and he and I ran ran it together. And then the Lord in 2019 uh, just called me out to the, to do more marketplace stuff. And uh, and anyway, so we're still around. We're still our church, and, and uh, so it's exciting to be here with you guys for the next at least the next five weeks, and just seeing what God's going to do. Um, and so we've been praying a lot, a lot about this and just kind of where things are going. And, and so do you want to say anything? Okay, good. Well, no, 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 no. I was going to, I mean, I was, I don't know if you, you, you had the thing. Like no, you were, no, okay, no, cool. I'm good. Um, so we were going to, we were just going to take just a minute and uh, just because we're going to be with you guys the next five weeks. And some of y'all know, know us just from being around, but mo- most faces are, are new here. And so we want to take some time to just kind of share a little bit about our story just to, just to be able to connect, so you kind of you guys kind of know. And our, our goal in doing that is not so you'll go, "Wow, they're awesome." Though I think we are, um, but mostly just to, just to be able to connect, just share where the Lord marked us when we were in high school and in college, um, and uh, and hopefully there'll be it'll be an encouragement to you, but also you know something to make, you know hopefully the Lord will actually spark you for what God's doing right now in your generation as well. So, um, so if you want to, do you want to share first, baby, on on kind of what the Lord did in those early days? You and I, and I, and we want to share a little bit about revival and about what God did. See, so He kind of birthed us both, both in that place. Well, yeah, I think we're we're stirred up um, personally. Uh, we just we're excited. We knew, like, I guess since the fall that we were going to come and take the month of March and be here. Right, right. That's when you and Casey kind of planned this. And I mean, we just have a heart for young adults, and we just believe. I mean, there's so many prophecies and so much that we know that God is going to do with young people, and so we just always are excited any chance we get to be around young adults, and um, we just feel very much called to serve you guys, and so we're honored to be here tonight, and it's just cool that it worked out, um, as God is, like, really moving across our nation with Gen Z, and, like, I think all eyes are kind of on Gen Z right now, and, like, what are you doing on these college campuses? God's pouring out His Spirit. Last night, we, like, put our kids in bed and went to see Jesus Revolution at 9 o'clock. We were the only people in the theater. Um, you know, just seeing that and watching what God's doing. And, and we've kind of been, I mean, we packed our kids up. We have four kids. So they're 12, 10, 7, and 3. We loaded our kids up and drove to Wilmore, Kentucky, just to go and see the revival at Asbury College, see what God's doing. Um, we've just been pursuing that since we were teenagers ourselves. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I want to talk about. You know, we, we have been in ministry I didn't start ministry when I got out of college and decided that would be something I would do. It really, God started calling me when I was 14 years old. And uh, my story uh, is pretty crazy. I grew up in a really broken, dysfunctional family. Anybody can relate to that in the room. (laughs) Had a messed up childhood, messed up, dysfunctional family. And I grew up in South Georgia, like tiny, tiny town, South Georgia. One traffic light. The nearest mall was an hour and a half away. Um... All we did was, like, the only thing around was a Walmart that was 20 minutes away. Like, and that's where people went on dates. That's where they bought their clothes. That's where they got their groceries. Like, it was everything because there's nothing in this little, like, one light town. And I was 14, and my parents were divorced. Um, and my, my mom was on her second, third marriage, something like that. And uh, someone in a Walmart parking lot <coughs> Like, my mom and I were shopping or whatever. They yelled at my mom, like, some coworker, and just invited her to church. And we didn't really go to church, but my mom told the lady she would, we would go to her church. She said they were having revival. 
And I didn't even know what that meant. I was 14, ninth grade. And so my mom and I went to this church that say, I think that night or the next night. And I walk in this old Assembly of God church. And the church was an octagon shape. It had bright orange carpet, bright orange padded pews. And I look around and I'm like the youngest person by easily 40 years. I mean, it's nothing but the white-haired little grandmas with the buns. You know, like, it's like old, old people. And I sit down, and I'm like not really into God. Like, I'm really into myself, (laughs) pretty much, high school. And uh, I'm listening um, to the music that they're singing, and there's a pipe organ in the middle of the stage and a drum kit just out in the open. And they are singing hymns, it's like a country western kind of flair to it, and they're speeding them up really fast, way faster than they should be, and singing with this country western twang. I like rap music. I wasn't into country western hymns at all, and I'm thinking, this is like, this is not cool. Like, where am I? And I'm just like looking around, like, oh my goodness. And during worship and this really uncool music, I start crying. I don't even know why I'm crying. And I mean, now I know it was like the Holy Spirit was like beginning to move on my heart. But have you ever had that happen just where you start like getting teared up in worship? You're like, I don't even know why I'm crying right now. And so I go home that night and I just, I I remember in my bedroom just saying, Jesus, I want to give you my life. Like I haven't haven't been following you. I've been, you know, doing my own thing, but I I felt you tonight and I want to give you my life. And so the next night we go to church again because they were in a series of like every single night they were having church. And uh, so we go again the next night. I take a friend from school with me because I wanted her to encounter, like, whatever I felt, I wanted her to feel that same thing, too. So I was like, come with me. This church is not really cool, but let's just go check it out. And she thought maybe there would be some cute guys in the youth group that did not exist. But we went. And um, so that night, again, during the country western hymn worship, I start crying. And I don't know why. And I'm just crying. And I'm feeling something like I've never felt before. And I know it was the love of God. I just, I didn't have the words for it at the time. It was just a good cry. That's all I could think. And this little guy got up to preach. He was like a little evangelist guy. And he, he I remember he's a white guy, skinny, comb over, like, like real tight comb over. And he had a little hanky when he preached. And so he was like getting all red in the face, sweating, waving his little hanky. And I don't even know what the man preached on. But I just know I'm 14. I hadn't really been in church, wasn't exposed to all of that. And he gives some kind of altar call for people to come to the front of the church. And I just marched down there. And my mom doesn't come with me. I don't know what, like, got into me. I just went down there, and I just look at the man, and I'm like, I just said, I know there's more of God, and I'm not going to leave here until I get it. And I don't know what possessed me to say that, or, like, nobody told, taught me that. I just, that's just what came out. And I mean, little did I know, I was, that was like fresh meat, right? In this church of all these old people, you got a young person in the altar saying, I want more God and I'm not going to leave here until I get it. So he smiles at me and I don't know what's about to happen. He, he kind of waves his little hanky in his hand and kind of calls, I guess he, he had a system or something. All I know is I get surrounded by these little grannies. Like they had the buns, the skirts, like these old grandmas. They surround me. And they start, I mean, instantly, they start laying in praying for me. Nobody asks me my name. They don't talk to me. It's like they go after me. And they start, uh, this is what they would say. They were praying in tongues, which I didn't, I never, I don't think I'd ever heard tongues at that point, right? Because when we did go to church, it was more like a Baptist kind of, you know, vibe. So they start praying in tongues, and they get, they're intense. They have this look in their eye, and they kind of have this stance. And they're doing this, get her Holy Spirit. Get her holy, I mean, this is country, South Georgia. Get her holy spirit, fan the flame. You know, and they're doing the get her holy spirit. And like, they had that direct line, you know what I'm talking about? Because like the holy spirit got me, <laughs> like really got me. Like in that moment, I start getting hit, but feels like electricity is going through my body. I'm convulsing and shaking. The next thing I know, I'm laying on the ground. And I'm just like shaking under the power of God. I can't control it. I can't stop it. I am just, they are praying for me. And I'm getting just filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm getting delivered. I don't even know what's happening. I'm just know like God is real and he's encountering me. And I was on the floor for two and a half hours. Just under the presence of God, under the power of God. They turn off the lights. 
they carry me out to my mom's car. Now, you guys remember I invited my friend with me. So she's witnessing all of this. She doesn't, I, I'm out, like the whole car ride, I don't even remember the whole car ride home. I'm just like with the Lord. Like, I don't know, my mom and my friend, I guess they're talking. I have no idea. I just know she beats me to school the next day. And so everybody in my small high school just found out about what happened to me. Jamie's in a cult. Like, she was flopping around like a fish. I don't know where we were, what happened. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And I really cared about my image. I really cared what people thought about me. But after that, I, I just didn't care. I'm like, what I just experienced was so real Nobody can talk me out of that. That was God. He's real. And I just, that just marked me um, in such a profound way at 14 years old. I was just like, God is real. And if everybody could experience what I just experienced, they'd stop having sex with their girlfriend or boyfriend. They would give up their drugs. They wouldn't drink alcohol anymore. They would just, this would change their life. And I just began to like long for my friends to be able to experience experience God this way. I'm like, he is real. Like, God is real. And I, it just set me on such a course that I'm like, I've got to have more of that. It was like a drug. I need more. I need to experience that again and again. And so I'm, I'm in ninth grade. I stopped, like I instantly broke up with my boyfriend. Nobody told me to. It's just like, no, I'm going after God. Like you're tearing me down. You're going to pull me down into a pit. Like, I'm, I'm done with you. Break up my boyfriend. Like, I stopped hanging out with my friends because I just was so hungry for God. I began to skip lunch. No, I didn't even know what fasting was. I, I honestly did not know what fasting was, but I would skip lunch to read the Bible. Nobody told me. I was just hungry. I'm like, I need God. I need God. And I started reading the Bible, and I read the verse, don't be drunk with wine, which will ruin you, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, yes, this makes so much sense, because if you get filled, like, I got filled, you don't want to drink the wine anymore, because it's better than wine, oh, God, who said the Bible was boring, I was just like, you know, just devouring the word, like, oh, it says avoid wild and wasteful parties, oh, this is so applicable to my life right now, and it was just like, just so hungry for God, so this is how kind of my walk with Jesus started, and I remember going to a, a camp that summer, a summer camp. It didn't even have air conditioning in the middle of South Georgia. Blazing hot. And, and they began to teach us, like, hey, public schools are overlooked in forgotten mission fields. And they're the only mission field in the world that we can't send pastors. We can't send missionaries to because only students can get in the school. But if you go as a student into your campus, you can be the missionary. And you can bring prayer back into schools where the government outlawed it. And so I start getting a vision for like, wait a minute, I don't have to be like an adult to be a missionary. I can do it right now. I can take my school for Jesus. I can have what happened to me happen in my school. And so I just start getting this vision like for something greater than myself. And, and I didn't know enough not to believe. You know what I mean? It's kind of like sometimes we hang around the naysayers long enough, and, and even church folk and religious people, we hang around them long enough, and they'll, their unbelief will get on us. I just was too fresh. I didn't even have the unbelief yet. I hadn't met those people yet. And so I just was like, God, that's what I'm going to do. And so I show up, sophomore in high school, I show up. We get a new principal that year. So I show up in his office that summer, and I'm like, I just go in bold. I'm like, it's my legal bill. It's in the, this, the bill rights that I have the legal right to start a Bible club on this campus, and I'm going to take this campus for Jesus. So that's what we're going to do. Start a Christian club. And he was new in town, and I guess he thought, man, this is this little podunk town. This is all I got to deal with is this little religious, excited girl. Like, I've got a pretty good job. So he kind of just was, like, winking at me, like, yeah, I'm Baptist myself. So, yeah, it's good. I like, I like God. You know, you can do what you want to do. And he pretty much, I guess he thought I would, it wouldn't matter. So he's like, yeah, you can, you can do a prayer meeting on campus. And guys, I didn't know how to pray, like, for real. And I'd just been around this, like, really charismatic Pentecostal church. And, like, they just went after demons. And, like, they just, like, you know, like, their prayers were really intense. And I, I didn't know the Lord's Prayer. Like, I didn't know the polished, like, you know, nice prayers that you pray in public. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know that. So all I knew how to do was pray like the pastor did on Sunday. And so I started this prayer meeting in our auditorium at my school, and nobody came except my little sister because I was her ride to school. So she had to sit through the prayer meeting. 
And don't worry, I had my boom box and some like wow worship was what I think it was called. Like open the eyes of my heart, God. And so we would play the worship and I would just pray out loud with my little sister and sometimes her friend who also used me for a ride like would come too and we would just pray. And I would just pray like, I don't even know how to pray. So I'm just like every demon, I rebuke you in Jesus' name, the demon of alcohol, the demon of this and the demon of that. Now I just, you know, just whatever I heard the pastor pray, fill this school with the Holy Spirit. And I made my little sister, we like marched around the school like it was Jericho seven times because that's what they talked to. We just did all these crazy things and she had no choice because she's my little sister. She had to do it with me. And we just, I just started believing God, like, come, send revival to our school, move in power, save the lost, and I just begin to cry out. And, you know, we didn't see a ton happen that whole year, like, maybe. I think somebody maybe got healed, maybe, like, but it just, there wasn't a whole lot that happened. The next year, I'm, like, re-envisioned. My junior year, we're going to go for it. We're going to add some preaching this time. So, like, again, there was maybe, I think maybe a couple people came by the end of the year, extra people. And so now I've added a preaching. So we're going to pray one day, and then the Thursday, Tuesday we're going to pray. Thursday I'm going to preach, and then we're going to pray. And I didn't know how to preach either. So what I would do is I'd watch, like, TBN. Anybody's ever seen that? Like, Benny Hinn, Rod Parsley. And, you know, most of those guys, especially back in the 90s, they're preaching messages on sow your seed, and God will meet your need. So I'm having to take that stuff I'm hearing, and that's kind of what I'm telling my friend. Like, we're going to sow into the campus. God's going to meet our need. I think my first sermon I preached was something like that. You know, I'm preaching, like, whatever, rapture's happening. We're going to, like, avoid hell or whatever. You know, so that's all. It's not very good, actually. Nobody wants to hear that, those messages. But I'm doing it nonetheless. I'm like, God's going to come. We're going to declare the word over our school. And we started doing this thing where, during homeroom, once a month, they would let, like, official clubs, like, use school time to meet. And so I'm like, well, we're official. We're an official club, so I want to uh, utilize that school time to have our meetings. And so we, um, I asked this kid who had gotten saved over the summer that nobody knew that he had gotten saved because he was, like, a, he ran drugs, like, across about three different counties. So a lot of people knew him, and he was, like, really cute, so the girls thought he was really cute. So I asked him to speak at this club because I met his dad and his dad told me that he got saved. So I want him to come share his testimony. So I publish his name and stick it on flyers all over the school and like give away free donuts and orange juice. So they're thinking of all people, why is Russell coming to the Christian club and speaking? This is insane, this drug dealer. And so people just showed up out of curiosity. Well, I mean, free donuts and juice. I mean, get to skip homeroom, free donuts, and then you want to hear the drug dealer. So we packed out the auditorium that morning and uh, literally, I think only about 50 people in the whole entire school were not in that auditorium. It was, we, I mean, everybody showed up. I think a lot of other clubs weren't meeting that day either, maybe. And anyway, Russell gets up and he shares his testimony about how God had delivered him from drugs and saved him. And he had repented of his sins and given his life to Jesus. And people are just like listening, like really intrigued. And the, the principal, he looks at me and he's like, okay, go, go in the meeting so we can get all these kids back to class. And I get up there, and I'm like, uh, no, I'm like, I know God's not done. I'm 16 years old. I, I know he's not done. I don't know what he wants to do, though. I don't know how to do an altar call. I don't know how to sense the Holy Spirit or prophecy. I don't know anything about that. But I just, I, I do what I'm pretty good at is to say the first thing that comes out. <laughs> and so I just get up there, and I'm like, uh, anybody in here not ashamed of Jesus? If you're not ashamed of Jesus, just go ahead and stand to your feet. Guys, this is high school. Like, nobody's trying to stand out, and nobody's trying to stand up on their feet, right? Like, what am I thinking? But this little girl, her name's Delia, and she's sitting in the front row. She's in ninth grade. As soon as I say that, she jumps up out of her seat. And, and it was an auditorium, so the, the seats are wooden. So as soon as she jumps up, that wooden chair hits the back, you know, the, it flips back. And so you could have heard a pin drop, and you hear her chair hit, and then she screams at the top of her lungs, I love Jesus. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. And when she says it, like this, this quiet falls over the room. You could have like heard a pin drop. It, it got super quiet. And then all of a sudden, kids started crying just spontaneously. And I'm looking around. I'm seeing like these, like a bunch of people crying and like move visibly. And I, I just say, hey, if you want to give your life to Jesus, just come to the front. And, and get started flocking to the front of the room. And they're like laying out 
all over the floor. This is public school. And they're not just like, you know, high school. You're not trying to look uncool. You're not trying to cry in front of anybody. Guys, girls, they're crying, ugly crying. Like, <gasps> you know, like not the like sweet like tear at church camp. Like it's the ugly cry, like laid out all over the floor. I'm looking around like, what are we going to do? My mom is the only one, like the only adult that's there. My sweet little mom is like there to just support me and like what I'm doing. I'm like, mom, like we got to pray for these kids. Like, what are we going to do? So my mom is like sitting there praying for people. And like, I'm looking around and it's like the football players. It's the basketball players. It's the cheerleaders. It's the drug kids. Like all these little cliques, because high school is nothing but cliques. All these cliques are getting impacted. I look back there. This kid I've been witnessing to, now y'all won't know this reference. I don't even know who to compare it to. Marilyn Manson was like our goth emo, like, I don't know, somebody help me. Like, I don't know who you would compare that to in this generation, but weird. Like the, the, the trench coats, like they might shoot up the school one day and you wouldn't think anything about it if they did. Like that kind of kid. I've been witnessing to him because I'm like trying to find the hardest kid. Like he might blow us all up one day. Like, so I've been witnessing to him. And he was like atheist, like black, everything. Like he wasn't trying to hear anything I had to say. But I see him in the back of the room and I'm like, he's here. And I look again and he's weeping. And I'm like, dear God, Ronnie's crying. This is real. Like, God, you're real. Like, this is real. And so I see him crying. My mom is praying for people in the front. And I look in the back of the room and people are trying to get my attention because there's a girl in the back of the room manifesting a demon. And she's in eighth grade. She has snuck into the high school meeting because, like, our middle school and high school is basically it was on one big campus. So she come, skip school, come to our meeting, and she's in the back of the room manifesting a demon. I don't know anything. I just, I'd heard about demons. I'd never seen anybody manifest, but I didn't know enough to even be scared. So I just go back there, and I'm like, I'm just going to cast this demon out. That's what the Bible says. Like, that's it. You just cast them out in Jesus' name. So I just go back to her, and I just start praying for her. Just in the name of Jesus, come out of her. And I just start praying, Lord, fill her. Fill her with the Holy Spirit. And she starts speaking in tongues. She gets delivered and is speaking in tongues, like, within a second. I said, honey, do you know what's happening to you? She said, no. I said, it's okay. You're being filled with the Holy Spirit. You're speaking in tongues. Come to find out, the little girl never been to church in her life. She, she contacted my sister years later. And said, I never, I mean, like, I'm talking like 10, 15 years after this happened. She's like, I've never been the same. Like, God met me that day in that school, that thing your sister did, that school meeting. He met me, and my life has never been the same. She got, like, baptized and filled the Holy Spirit spontaneously in the school. The principal, his eyes, he finally caught his eyes. They were this big around. He's probably thinking, I'm about to get fired. Like, great. He gets, he, like. I mean, we couldn't get the kids out if we wanted to. They are laid out all over the auditorium. He gets on the loudspeaker. This is Mr. Parker. Please stay where you are. First period class is canceled today. Please stay where you are. Cancels first period. Now, we were on a block schedule, so it was an hour and a half. That's how long our classes were. We were in there until, we started at 8. We were in there until like 11.15. We could not get the kids out. Like, they were just getting ministered to by God. He came And he rolled in with his presence, and and he was moving. They canceled first period class, finally got the last students back to class. And that afternoon, I mean, people were coming up to me all day, like, Jane, I don't know what happened to me. I feel like I could fly, like something happened. I'm light. This is the things they're saying because they're not church. They don't know. I'm like, yeah, that's what it feels like when your sins are forgiven. That burden is lifted off of you. Yeah, you feel like you could fly. And the 50 kids that didn't come to the meeting or the next day that were absent and heard about it, like, the kids were saying, God came to school today. Like, bro, you missed it. God was at school for real. Like, God was at school. He came to school today. And uh, that kind of started me, like, on my journey. And I just was like, whoa, God can do anything. Like, you can't pray in school. We got casting a demon out, filled with the Holy Spirit. We had class canceled because God took over. Like, anything could happen. And if I, I didn't even know how to pray. Like, it wasn't like I did anything. I couldn't really take any credit. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to preach. Nothing. Didn't even have a leader helping me or coaching me or anything. God just came in and he sovereignly moved and it got my attention to know, and if God can do this in a high school, well, he could do this in a nation. 
he could, like, what is, like, if he can do this in my little high school, he can sweep an entire city. What is Atlanta to the Lord? Like, he can do this on a college campus. He can do this, you know, all across our nation. He can send revival. He can change lives. And so this started my journey. Like, why do I pray? I'm praying because I want God to come. I want God to come. That's why we pray. Like, and he hears weak prayers, and he moves at the sound of our voice. And this is what he does, and we can partner with him, and he uses weak people who don't know a whole lot. Like, I didn't know the Bible that much. I didn't, I didn't know, like I said, I didn't even know the Lord's Prayer. I remember at a football game, the principal told me, I told him I wanted to pray at the football game. And he was like, okay, go pray the Lord's Prayer. And I, I didn't even know that was a thing. So I get up there, in the name of Jesus, fill this football stadium tonight with the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost. And I'm just praying this crazy prayer, and he's like, uh, like the Lord's prayer, right? It's praying to the Lord. I, I didn't know like that, that was a real thing, like that they pray. Like anyway, I mean the Lord, He He just He'll use anybody. And I, Jamie's story is so similar. We didn't know each other in high school, but the Lord did a similar thing with him, and I'm gonna let him tell his story and just like how that really set on us on a course for our whole lives to believe God for revival and that God wants to move among young people. I like you. Yeah, I'll keep you. Um, so uh, <clears throat> I, I got saved at 17 years old. So it was, I was, uh, uh, it was when I was, uh, I guess, a sophomore in high school. So my, my family, we, we grew up, um, and we went to church some, but it was kind of like Easter and Christmas. And if anything was just really bad happened, we might, we might darken the doors. Um, but uh, I had... Yeah, you know, I'd said like a sinner's prayer at like 12. There's a little story behind that, but I won't, I won't go into that. But I didn't really follow the, the Lord even at that time. and didn't really know. I didn't even know what it meant to really follow Jesus. Like I didn't know what it meant to be on fire for God. I had, I had really no idea. And so um, it's, I'm now 17 and um, playing football. My dad uh, is the head football coach at Burtmar High School. Do you guys know it? You ever heard of that? It's, it's in Milburn. Where's Burtmar? Dude, you're a man. What year? Uh, 2019. 2019. God, I'm old. All right. Um, that was 2000. So, um, anyway, so my dad's the head football coach there. My mom is a uh, history teacher at the high school. She was. She at the time. So, so, so my dad and my mom are both teachers at the high school. And I'm, I'm going there. My brother's also going there. Like, I didn't get away with nothing, guys. Like, nothing. And, um, and so um, it's my, like I said, it's my sophomore year. And uh, we are, uh, we're playing um, Collinsville High School. And uh, this is back when Burt Marr was pretty good at football. Or not, not so much anymore. But, um, uh, and my brother was the uh, starting quarterback at, at our high school. And I was an offensive lineman. I was a sophomore. He was a senior. And it's the second game of the year. He we're up like 33 to nothing. It's like near halftime. And he breaks the run down the sideline about 45 yards. And he has one man, him and the free safety to beat. And the free safety's coming, and my brother cuts this way. And when he cuts back, he snaps his leg, and he hits the ground. And I was the first one that ran over to him, and I was like, Chan, Chan, his name's Chan. You may, you guys may know, he's, uh, he's the, he runs our, um, our mission school here. So it's uh, Chan. Do, I don't know if we call him Pastor Chan or something, but Angelina's dad. Yes. All right. So she can verify what I'm saying. I'm not lying to you. And so, um, so he goes down. I'm like, oh, Chan, Chan. I see him just, he's crawling. He's grabbing the grass. He's really in pain. And uh, it's the first time I, you know, the, the, whatever, the trainers come out, and they were able to get them off the sidelines, and, and uh, we wound up, we actually wound up losing the game, it was crazy, but we, um, and they take him to the doctor, and they find out he had torn his ACL ligament. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, so you, you have your knee, all right, and your ACL, I'm not trying to flick anybody off, but it's the one that goes down in between, all right, and it, when that snaps, it, your knee can, will shift around, and it's a really negative, it's, it's, it's not as bad of an injury now, it used to be really bad then. Well, anyway, they tell him it's the senior year, hey, you're done playing, you're never going to play again, you know, you have to get major, major surgery, uh, you know, may, maybe if there's a college opportunity, da-da-da-da. So he's devastated. It was really hard for all of us because we were such a football family. And, um, and so that actually, through that tragedy, is interesting, it made him actually start praying to God. And so he would actually, it was weird, because, like, we didn't do this, but I remember I was walking, I'd be walking by his room, I'd hear him, I'd hear him and I thought he was just talking to himself. He was actually talking to God, and I'd be like, dude? He's like, he's like, yeah, man. I'm like, you all right? He's like, yeah. He goes, who you talking to? And he's like, he's like, man, don't worry about it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and, um, and so he, what he was asking was like, he was asking God, why? why? Why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to me? 
And some time goes by, and he has a friend who plays on the baseball team. It's, it's Rolando. Do you guys know Pastor Rolando here? They were on the baseball team together, and Chan knew Rolando was a Christian. And so he finally went to him one day and said, hey, he goes, do you know of a church I could go to? And uh, anything, and Rolando said, yeah, come to my church. Billy was the youth pastor there. Yeah. And the church was called Generation Explosion. How many syllables is that? that so, yeah, they, we, didn't, we didn't tell anybody that. We just said, come to church. And, um, and so he goes that night, and that night, uh, the, the Lord begins to minister to my brother, and, and the power of God starts hitting him. He come, he, Billy gives the altar call, and, 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 and Chan comes to the front, and he's sitting there, and he says to God, he goes, God, he goes, I, he goes, I think you're real. I'm not sure if it's Jesus, though, or if it's Buddha, or if it's Muhammad, but I, th- I think it's Jesus. So if it is, he goes, would you just, would you just help me never doubt again? And he says, right, he's sitting at the altar, and he says, right then, he goes, he feels like a fire, like a heat, like a sensation of heat, begin to build in his chest, and he starts going, oh my God, you're real. Oh, oh, oh my God, you're real. He goes, I wanted to tell somebody, because I looked around, I didn't know anybody, he kept going, oh my God, you're real. Oh my God, you're real. Oh my God, you're real. It gets, it gets more intense, more intense. And then right then, Billy, he's going around, he's laying hands on people, and he's coming up to Chan, and he goes to lay hands on my brother, and as he's reaching out, my brother said, he goes, I shut my eyes, and then when I opened them, I was no longer in the room. He goes, and I'm standing in a room in heaven. He goes, and I knew I was in heaven. He goes, I was a completely different place. He goes, you think you'd freak out. He goes, but it was like this calm came over me, and I'm standing in a room, and it's high arch ceilings, golden floors, golden walls, and high golden, old golden ceilings. And golden columns come down. He goes, and the air was a gold, like a gold mist. And he's watching this, and he goes, and he's like trying to get his get himself together. And he's like, what? And he says he, he has an awareness that God is at his right hand side because he can see the light pulsating, but he can't turn his head. Like he can't move. He's like, what button do I push? I can't. And he's, he's just looking ahead, and he sees the light going. And then all of a sudden, the light begins to go right before him, begins to pass before him. And it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And he starts to shut his eyes. And he, gets, he says, he goes, I just have my head down. And he goes, and I, and I hear the, the, the voice of God. I, the Lord goes, Chandler, I want you to bow down and serve me the rest of your life. And he goes, right then, he slams on the golden pavement. Boom. And when he does, he comes right back to, and Billy is still reaching his hand out towards him. And when he touches them, I mean, the spirit of conviction is he falls on the ground and begins to repent of everything he can think of from, you know, stealing the cookies to, you know, that time he beat me up. I mean, all that just gets, and, and just repents. And so he gets marked. He comes home that night. I'm like, y'all remember MTV? You even know what it is? I'm like, you know, I'm watching TV, like this garbage. And I hear him coming up the steps. Opens the door, and he walks in. And I do, I do this. I go, I go, I just look at him. I go, I go, what's up, dude? And his face, just, there was just something about his whole look just looked different to me. I go, where you been? I go, and, and he goes, man, I'll, I'll tell you later. And he just walks upstairs, didn't say anything to me. I didn't know where you've been. So the next week he comes back and he says, hey, would you want to come with me to church? Church? And he goes, yeah, I'm going to this church. You want to come? He goes, and, and I, you know, I wasn't Christian. I wasn't serving the Lord, but I knew enough, like, not to say, if somebody invites you to church, you can't say no because he's selling the Antichrist. So I just was like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. And so I show up to this church, and I'm sitting in the back of the service, and I, I mean, I get there, and all these kids, like, it's probably about this size room, and they all got their hands raised during worship, and I, n- I never seen that before. I didn't know, what that, I ne- that wasn't like a normal thing. And I'm like, I'm feeling super uncomfortable, because they've all got their hand raised. You know, when, when, when everybody's got their hand raised, and you're the one guy that's like a stick, you know, you just, you feel it, you know what I'm saying? You're like, so I'm just, I feel uncomfortable. I'm, I'm, I'm not, sure. they're, they're on fire, but I don't, I, I, I'm not, I'm not. And I'm just, I'm just uncomfortable. But I knew something was unique about it. Billy preaches the message. I'm convicted the entire time. I'm like, and when I leave there, I'm like, in my, in my mind, I'm like, I do not want to go back there. But the next week, my brother comes up to me and goes, hey, you want to come back with me to church? And I'm just, I'm not quick on my feet sometimes. And I couldn't think of an excuse quick enough. I'm like, yeah, I would, but, you know, I got, I got this, like, I got to run over to this. Uh, and then, and, you know, then, then this one thing. And, yeah, I'll come. And so I go with him again. And in fact, this happens for about the next four to five weeks where he invites me every week, and I just, I can't think of an excuse quick enough in the moment to get out of it. And I don't know if I hit every week in a row, but I went four or five times, and it was on the fifth time, they would do long worship. I'm sitting in the back, and I see everybody's got their hand raised, and I'm looking at what's going on in my brother's life, and it's just, it's confusing to me. 
And I just kind of said this thing. I said in the back of the service, I said, I said, all right, all right, okay, okay, okay. All right, God, um, I, I think you're real. So uh, it, I'm going to be here for the next two hours. And so I can't, I can't really go anywhere. So if you want to do something to me, well, I can't go anywhere. So uh, just uh, whatever you're doing my brother, just, just, just do it to me. Now, mind you, I wasn't trying to get to know anybody. I wasn't trying to make friends. I didn't want to know the pastor. I was just like, let's get in and get out and I keep doing my own life. And I, and I had this moment where I said, God, if you want to do something with me, just do it. You can, I'm here. You can do it. And so I did the half raise because I, I wasn't quite there yet. But I, was, I did the half raise. And all of a sudden, I had in my life, the first time this has ever happened, and it hadn't happened many times in my life since, where I had a, a legitimate, like, vision happen right in front of my face. Like the movie screen went, whatever. And it was, it was so bizarre. I, all of a sudden, right in front, I'm watching a scene play out right in front of me. And what I'm seeing is there was someone taking a, a camera and putting it 20 feet away and pointing it right back at me. And I'm watching myself from another angle in the room. So I see the guy next to me, I see the girl next to me, I see I'm doing the half raise, we're all kind of swaying back and forth, it was a slow song, you know? And, uh, and it was, I'm looking at this like, what? And it's far, it's far enough away, I can tell it's me, and then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit just kind of hit zoom, I don't know, and it went right up on me. And when I look, it's me, but it's my brother's face on my body. And then all of a sudden, I, not audibly, but I hear like the, the thought, like a strong thought when it goes right through my mind. It says, you're hiding behind your brother. And I knew what, and I just had this sense. I go, I know what that means. I, I, and I knew it was the only reason I was coming to church or even doing students, it was because he was inviting me, but not because I actually wanted a relationship with God. And that night, I'm standing in the altar call. I actually answered the altar call that time. And Billy, he comes walking up to me, and he goes, he grabs my hand. He goes, Jamie, he goes, the Holy Spirit just spoke to me. He told me, you're hiding behind your brother. I peed myself. <laughs> Just joking. I didn't do that. But um, I was like, because <sighs> it's exactly what the Lord showed me in the vision. So I go to, a um, couple weeks later, Rolando and Chan invite me to go to a revival that was taking place in Pensacola, Florida. And when I'm talking about a revival, I'm not talking about, you guys have all seen you're driving by a church and you see like a sign that says, revival, April 14th, you know, through the 21st. I'm not talking about, you can, not the plan thing, not the potluck dinner with an extra speaker that night. It is, this was, this was a move of God that broke out in 1995 to about 2000 where over a million, over, I'm sorry, hundreds of thousands, but well over a million people bombarded and came to this church that God put a supernatural magnet, just like he's doing in Asbury. It was the same thing where the nations began to come to this one church in Pensacola, Florida, because the power of God was landing. But, but what was unique about it was the power of God that was, was, was being released in this place. I mean, so much so, when I got, I remember there was a strip club across the street that had closed down. And I was, we, were, we were talking, and they said, they, they, they got, the reason why it closed down is because they all got saved. And then what would happen is people would line up at 8 a.m. in the morning for a 6 o'clock at night service. I didn't know that. They said, come to this thing in Pensacola, Florida. I was like, okay, we're going to go to the beach all day and make a service tonight. I didn't realize we were going to be standing in line for like 12 hours. And I'm ticked, man. I'm so mad. I'm like, are you serious? What are we doing? And I'm, I'm over there. I, I used to listen to Metallica, and was, that dates me. And I'm like under a tree. Like, <laughs> and so, um, and I'm mad. And, I, and finally, they open the doors, and I walk, we finally go through the door. I remember walking across the threshold of the door, and when I did, I felt something hit my spirit. And I went, and I went I went, dude, can you feel that? And he, my brother goes, he goes, yeah, what is that? I don't know. So we go in and we sit down on these wooden pews. And it's like pregame. It's like before the service. And all of a sudden, my palms are sweating. My armpits are sweating. You ever had pit sweat, like, immediately? Like, and I'm, like, nervous, man. And I'm, like, rocking. I feel like I'm getting ready for a football game. I'm, like, so, you know. And I'm, I am, I'm just sitting there, like, what is going on? And I look down the pew, and everybody in the pew is, like, and this choir comes out, literal choir, and they start singing the gospel songs from the game. When it did, I, I don't understand. It was like the heavens just opened up over the place. And everybody began to lift up their own spontaneous songs. And it was like filled with tongues and, I mean, in English. And, and it was like, it was just, it was unbelievable. There was no, no one cued it. It just began to happen. And the power of God, I remember, I was like, I felt like I was in heaven the whole time. I'm singing. I'm like, this is, this is unbelievable. And and it was in the power of God would be in the land. The preacher gets up that night. His name was Steve Hill. He was an evangelist that God anointed during this time. And he preaches, man. And with the, when, under the spirit of revival, 
man, there was something about it. Like, like I'm telling you, you can, and when the revival's hitting, you can get up and go, banana, banana, banana. People are like, what must I do to be saved? And, they, and they, the spirit of conviction actually hits people with just weak words. And I watched as this man was out there preaching, and he's just like, he's like, right now, he goes, some of you, he goes, pretend to be Christians. He goes, maybe, he goes, you go to church. He goes, but I'll tell you something. He goes, you can die and go to hell with baptismal waters pouring off your face. He goes, you can die and go to hell with a choir robe on. You can die and go to hell standing behind a pulpit. Do you love Jesus? And, and I remember, I was feeling convicted. And he's, he's sitting right, because I'm going to give an altar call. He goes, and he goes, and those of you that do not know God, you're backslidden. And he goes, and you need to get right with God. You're going to come. And, I, and I'm sitting there. All of a sudden, it's like the, the, the fire of God's hitting my butt. I'm like, and I'm feeling, I'm looking down the, the way. Everyone's like this. And he's like, he's like, some of you are trying to resist God. He goes, I feel it. He goes, even if there's someone in the balcony, he goes, this, this, this resisting God. He goes, you need to be down here, and I'm coming to get you. you know, that's what, this is what it was like. And people were like, ah, and they're running. He gives an altar call, and it was the most intense thing. I'm talking about thousands of people are sprinting to the altar, diving head first, you know, kind of thing. And they're crying out. And I remember that night, I cried out to the Lord to give my life to Jesus. I watched as a lady in the back of the room that night, the local hospital, talk about revival. When the revival breaks up, this is the kind of stuff that happens. In the back of the room, there was, there was doctors, and they were in their scrubs in the back of the room with their patients. I'm talking about hooked up to the monitors with a doot, 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 in the back of the service, not on the stage, in the back of the service. I thought that was weird when I first got there, but I was like, okay, that's how they do it. And I watched a lady that I saw come in that night in a wheelchair, and she was like, she was all curled up. Her bones were curled up underneath her, like curled, and she was drooling on herself. I saw her early that morning, I mean, that, that day when we were there, and, and, and anyway, after service, I remember walking away this way, and all of a sudden, I hear people start shouting in the back of the room, Jesus! And I look, and all I see is this mess of people. I can't see them. I'm like, what's going on? I just see them all praising God. They're looking at something. So I went, and I kind of jumped up on top of a pew like this trying to see what's going on, and then all of a sudden, one man moves, and I see my brother in the middle of the crowd, and he's going, and he and I catch eyes, and he looks, and he goes, and I, and I look, and he and I, with our eyes, we watch as this lady begins to unravel, and her bones went from curled to straight, and she stands out of the wheelchair in the back of the room, and she goes, Jesus! She starts crying, and we're like, no way. Like, I didn't know that was even an option in the kingdom. I didn't know that was even a thing. She gets, I met her the next night, and she came walking in the building, and I, I went up and I said, man, were you the lady in the wheelchair? And she goes, praise God. She was still crying. And so the Lord begins to mess me up, man, for, over the issue of revival to see it break out in our nation. I go back to my high school, and I start preaching to everybody. In fact, I would go out in the middle of the night in my backyard when it was dark, and I would pretend like the trees were people. And I'd, have, I'd preach, my, preach the gospel to them until the Lord gave me people to talk to. And I, and I, began, to, I began to share in my school, and all my friends thought I had lost my mind. <sighs> How much time do we got? Keep going. And so, anyway, and so I, I, get, I, get, I get stirred over the issue of revival and wanting God to break out in my high school. And... Um, and so I started, I started preaching to everyone. I mean, I, and I didn't know what, I was like, like, Jamie, I didn't know what to say to them. I didn't have good theology probably. I was just, just telling them how God had forgiven me and I, I wanted to get saved. And so what happened is um, I began to, one night we were in, in youth service and I was praying and Billy was preaching and he says, he, 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 he reads the passage where it says, God can do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. You guys ever heard that the passage? Philippians? And he says, and he says, he goes, think about that. God, whatever, what is the highest thing you could see God doing in your life? He goes, God can do exceedingly abundantly above that. Anything you ask or think. And he says, everybody close your eyes. We all close your eyes. He goes, he goes, what's the greatest thing you could see God doing in your life? Now listen to this. Right then I have a vision. I, had, I literally had a vi second. I, I don't, it makes it sound like I have these all the time. I don't. But I had a vision right then. And I see, I see myself standing on a platform and with other people. And we're preaching the gospel, and the crowds are as far as you can see into the horizon. I mean, millions. I don't know what, what the number is. It's all the way into the sea. And I see a, a banner that, like, goes over the top, and it says, End Time Revival. And I, I'm watching this. And he, when he asked the question, what's the greatest thing you could see God doing in your life? And I see this End Time Revival. 
And then all of a sudden he's now, what's the greatest thing you could see God doing in your life today? And the scene just shifts and just kind of morphs back to like that day in high school. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, it's, now I'm back on another stage, but it's in my school gym on a stage. And, and we're, I'm standing underneath the basketball goal on a stage, and the gym floor is packed out. The sides of the gym are packed out. The back of the gym is packed out. And all the way around the top of my public school gym, people are leaning in, and I'm in there, and I'm preaching the gospel. And then Billy says, now, God can do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. This is, I'm a junior at the time. And I start getting a vision God's going to reach my school. So it's my senior year now comes along. And one day, we're in the cafeteria at my school. And Billy had come. He was our, our team chaplain, so he was there at the school. And he and I were just like, this, you know those big, those big industrial trash cans they have? We're both of us leaning over the trash can like this, and we're talking. And so, and he goes, and right at the same time, we both go, we should do an outreach here. That's what we said. And he goes, and we, it was like Mufasa. Oh, you know, we were like, this is the Lord. Yes, we should do an outreach here. We just kind of both, it just felt right. I was like, oh, yeah. So the next day, I went to the the administrator, and I said, hey, I want to do like a, um, I, I didn't want to give it away too much. I'm like, I want to do like an FCA, you know, ice cream event or something. I don't know. And, um, and they're like, what do you need? I go, well, we want to have the, uh, the auditorium and, and, and just kind of, you know, they were like, okay. And so we set it all up. And I began to pray and seek God about it. And, and uh, I had a little, in my house, I had a little pool table. And what I would do, I would just walk around the pool table, keep my hand on the, on the pool table so that I wouldn't hit a wall. And I would just close my eyes, and that's what I did. I would just walk and pray, walk and pray. And I pray for God to bring a revival to my school. And one day I'm sitting behind there, and all of a sudden I feel the Lord speak to me. And he says, he goes, son. And he goes, he goes lift your vision higher. And I, and I said, Lord, I, I'm believing, God, you're going to bring, the auditorium said about 200 people. And I said, I believe you're going to bring 200 people to this thing. We're going to see 30 people give their life to Jesus, 30 to 50 people. Lord, do it. And he says, lift your vision higher. And I'm like, you're going to bring 400 people to this thing, Lord. And we're going to see 100 people get saved. A couple days go by, I'm praying again. And the Lord speaks to me again. He goes, he goes, son, he goes, lift your vision higher. And I'm like, 750, God, are going to come from my school. We're going to see God break out in a revival. And a couple, 100 people are going to, 150 people are going to get saved. And it happens to me one more time. And I felt the Lord said, he goes, he goes, do you believe I'm God? I said, I said yes. He goes, then make your plans large. He goes, lift your vision higher. And by the end of my God, I go, a thousand people are going to come. Now, I didn't have, we've had FCA all year, and the biggest we'd ever had was like seven people or eight. All right, we had donuts that day. So I had no, no like, and there was nothing going for me that this was actually going to happen. But I was, I was caught in a moment where God was saying it. So I began to tell my friends. <clears throat> and we went out there, and we, I told the lady, I said, hey, we're not, we don't want the auditorium anymore. We want the gym. This whole faith kind of thing. And it's a month and a half out, and we have no plans. Not sure how we're doing. We gathered and we did the Jericho thing. We prayed and walked around the school. And, and we were like, God, give us the plans. And he does. Like within like three weeks, he gives us like the, here's the natural things to do. And uh, one of, I'll just say, one of them was our high school kicker. He was the, uh, the, for the team. He had just recently got saved, was coming to church with me. And he was like really popular with all the cheerleader football players, that whole crowd. And then we had, uh, we had another guy named um, uh, uh, David Gay. And he was, we call him the fro. He's a white dude with a huge afro. And he was the, the goth kid of our school, like the, the leader that he had recently given his life to the Lord. So I asked both of them, hey, we want to come and speak. And then the third guy was a guy named Brad. He was really good looking, uh, African-American guy, black guy. And he was, he was like, I mean, just ripped out of his mind. And on the day that he gets offered a full ride scholarship to a college to play football, he goes out and commits armed robbery. Shocks the school. He was a good kid, senior superlative, whatever comes, I guess, released on bond, comes to me and says, Jamie, I need to get right with God. So I just took him, and I took all these Brownsville videos, and I just made him watch him, and we'd answer the altar call together. That's what we did. And, uh, and at the end of it, I said, do you want to come speak? So I had all three of these guys lined up. And, and then we began to pray. And it was on May the, it was on May the 7th of, 19, of, 2000, of 2000, and we gathered in the gym, and over 1,000 people from my high school show up at 7.30 at night. And they all share their testimonies, and I get up on the platform, and afterwards, and I, and I, I give an altar call. And we had around three or 400 students come to the altar and pray to receive Jesus there in my school. So we decided we're going to do this again. Before I graduate, we came back, and we did it again the next month. And when two celebrities, you guys ever heard of Jeff Foxworthy? And another one whose name was Terry Pendleton, who was the National League MVP for the Atlanta Braves. He's now a coach there. They both came and shared their testimonies. 
and we hit the largest crowd in the history of our school. They had to shut the doors because it hit the fire code limit, and there was about 300 people outside that couldn't get in. The TV, all the television stations in the, the like, networks, ABC, the uh, Channel 2, Action News, Channel 11, they all came to the school, and they were, I was having to do interviews during class. I'm in history class, and Channel uh, like 11 Alive is outside. And they have to go outside, and then they're like, they're like, tell us what's going on tonight at your school. And I just did the, I, I didn't have any, any uh, wisdom. I just told John the Baptist. I was like, brood of vipers. You know, and I just, I went after, I was, uh, they, they, they had to so edit me. By the time I got on TV, it was like, hello, my name is Jamie. And I just, you know, it was so cut up. And so that night, they speak, and then I go up there to give the altar call. And I, when I stand on the stage, I look out. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my gosh. I look, and it's exactly what I'd seen in my vision the year prior. I'm standing on the stage underneath the basketball, and it's completely packed out. And and it's the sides of the gym are packed out, the back of the gym. And all the way around the top, it's packed out. People are leaning in, and we're preaching the gospel inside the school. And I hear the voice of the Lord say, I can do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask and ask or think. It was crazy as the Gwinnett Daily Post uh, here in Georgia, they were there in the meeting, and they took a picture of it from the exact spot of my vision that was in the newspaper the next day. So I actually have it. I actually have it on my email. That, that The very picture of my vision was, was recorded in the, in the Gwinnett County uh, newspaper. The point was this, and this is what the Lord was saying. It's not about the, what happened in my school or me. It's all about what's coming in the future. And it's about the first part of the vision, about the great end-time harvest, that just as he brought this to pass, he will bring the second point part to pass as well. This is where this is going. And I believe that, man. I mean, this is, what, this is what stirred us is that God would break out in revival in our nation. And he's going to do it through youth, young adults mainly, primarily. But it's going, it's, it, the Lord's, and he's starting to do it. What we're seeing at Asbury, I'm telling you, this just seems like the Lord's just starting a fire right now. And he's just, he's just trying to get who's humble and who's hungry. And he's just wanting to invite us into this right now. And the Lord, the Lord he's pricked me for it. But I believe he wants to prick a whole generation. There are you know, gatekeepers, so to speak, even in this room, that God wants to ignite with a desire to see revival. And some of you guys are like that, you know, I mean, we, her and I could probably share about stories that happened in college, too, because some of you guys are in college. I just want to say this, and I was thinking about this. Ephesians 5, it, it specifically says that, that, that the prophet, the pastor, teacher, you know, the, the, that, the whole five-fold ministry, it says their job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And some of you are not in full-time church ministry, and you don't, you don't have a calling for that, you don't, you, don't, you don't have a desire for that. You love church. Yeah, that's fine. But most, most of you are not going to work in a church. Most of you are going to be doctors or, oh, that'd be awesome, you know, uh, uh, grocery baggers. You know, you're going to be something, you know what I'm saying? You're going to be teachers or, or whatever. And I'm telling you right now, you are in the ministry. It, the, 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 the five-fold people are just to equip you guys to do the work of the ministry. You're not you're a missionary right where God sent you in that specific, and you have to see yourself that way. You cannot look and go, no, no, I'm, I'm just going to listen to Pastor so-and-so, and that's going to be enough. Some people are okay if they just know people that are on fire. That's, that's not going to work, okay? You've got to actually go, no, I'm called whatever sphere God's given you. You're the pastor there. You're the minister there. You're the prophet there. And you need to get a vision for that or your school to burn for God and actually make an impact right there because that's where God sent you. That's what you're going to be judged by. That's what he's actually given. That's your allotment. You may never work in a church, and that's not what you're supposed to do. Some of you are. Some of you are going to be missionaries, and that is amazing. That's what God, but most of you won't. Most of you will be called into the spheres of society, and God is saying, that's my minister, and he wants you to go and preach the gospel to every tribe, nation, and tongue in the, in the, in the thing that he sent you to do. Say it again, backwards. Jeez. Yeah. So, anyway, I, I want to share this, guys. Some of you guys, this, I mean, it's, it is crazy that the Lord brought me and her together because we have such a similar, unique testimony. But there's, there's nothing uniquely special about us. I mean, maybe a little bit, but I'm just kidding. But I, what I mean by that is we have the same name. We have the same name. But we're, we're completely, like, we get dull, we get bored, we, get, we lose track, we lose vision so often, we get, you know, with kids, I mean, just all that stuff, deal with the same stuff, get busy, all that. And we have to constantly bring ourselves back to, from being backslidden. Just, you know, I, I, we get it. Let's, but this is for all of us. 
you know, I, I can, we can look extremely excited right here while we're up here preaching, but I mean, the reality is, like, this thing's actually got to get lived out, like, beyond the microphone, beyond the thing, and I, I'm telling you, the Lord's calling a generation, and it's calling you guys, man, be the answer. The Lord's wanting to raise you up right now. Because, listen, GGC, we've got so many prophetic words about God reaching that campus. You may not even go there, but the Lord may give you an inheritance there. Like, the Lord's going to do something, and it's specific about this church. The Lord has, has, has an inheritance there with that school. And so we're gonna, I, I love that you guys are already starting to pray. Like, I would, like, if you're in this ministry, you need to be there if you can, for sure. Good. So we just want to take some yeah. time, and um, we just want to pray. So if our worship team wants sure. to come back up, I just want to ask God to, to mark you guys um, with a vision, with a hunger, with a desire. And like Jamie said, I thought that was so good. Like, we're all called to minister. We can all participate. You can say, I don't know anything. I was thinking about how people, this week I was thinking about how people may say they're dry. You know, you feel dry spiritually. And there's something even worse than being dry. When you're talking about like dry wood, there's something worse than dry wood. It's wet wood. (laughs) It's like wet wood won't ever catch fire except for in the Bible. God tells them to wet the wood and then he'll set it on fire. You know, so no matter how much you try to disqualify yourself and think, I'm so dry spiritually or I'm completely wet. I'm like impossible to set on fire. I don't know anything about the Bible. I don't, I can't speak that well. I don't know how, I'm too shy to share the gospel. I don't have any gifts. No matter like what your excuses are, God uses weak people. That's all he has. He uses weak and broken people. While we're in process, you know, some of us are fighting through sin God doesn't look at you and say, you're a sinner and and you're not going to, I can't use you until you get completely free. And, you know, you're you're always going to be a sinner. You're clean by the blood of Jesus. We can help you walk out of your sin with a little accountability. It it works wonders. If you don't have accountability, get some accountability. Um, But God wants to use you right now where you are in your sphere, whether it's college, whether it's your job, whether it's your family. He wants to use you. And so I just want to ask him tonight just to mark us with a hunger with a desire for revival with his vision that he would just begin to speak really specific to you guys just like he did to Jamie just like he gave him the vision and the picture of what he wanted to do and I ask God to to do that tonight and that we would see not just this room filled for the sake of filling a room God doesn't really care about numbers but he cares about people and there's people in your life that need to be in this room they need to encounter Jesus they need to know him and so I want to just ask the Lord to to come and and move upon us. So let's just stand to our feet and just kind of put ourselves in that posture of prayer and of listening. Some of you are going to see visions tonight. You've never had a vision before, but you're going to get a picture in your mind. Some of you are going to have thoughts that come into your mind. It's going to be God speaking to you, just laying people on your heart that you hadn't thought about or maybe that you do think about, giving you hope again, giving you faith, giving you a desire to pray giving you more of a hunger for him. I'm so tired of playing church. Jesus is in the room. I want to touch his heart. He's going to give us that hunger and just that authenticity. That's what the world's longing for. Something real. You guys can just lead us in worship. We'll just sing together. And I just believe that as we just enter back into worship, God's going to just speak to you personally. Yeah. I, I would just say this. If you, if, as we're sharing tonight, that, listen, there, there's no, there's no, you don't get any brownie points just for coming to an altar call. Like that, the Lord wants, he wants honesty and truth, okay? So, but I'm saying there may be a few, and, it's, and it doesn't mean if you didn't feel this, that the Lord's not going to use it. That's not what that's saying. But if, if you're feeling just like a, a t- like a burning, just and you're hearing this going like, Lord, I, I, why not me? Why not, why not me in my sphere yeah. that God's given me? And you want to make an impact. You want to, you, you feel that the Lord is wanting to raise you up in that sphere to, to be a messenger and to be an intercessor, to be a watchman in that, in that spot. You, and that's uniquely touching you tonight as you heard this, even maybe more than, than normal. I want to give an opportunity for you just to come forward, and we want to we want to lay hands on you and pray. Again, it's not no shame if you're not feeling that because the Lord does different things to different people at different times. And but if that's that's where you're at, we want to just give an opportunity to come forward, and we want to pray for you.
Thank you so much for listening. We hope that this message ministered to you and that the Lord met you. You can follow us on Instagram at gatekeepersati. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you.